is Beth. Welcome to my new podcast, Country and Stuff. I am a country music fan. I have been for a, quite a number of years now. And I decided that now was time to combine two things that I'm either good at or like. I'm good at talking and I like country music. So we are rolling with that for now. It may be about of lockdown madness combined with ADHD impulsivity, but hopefully not. I have tried to overcome that. There are actually five episodes recorded before I'm even putting one of them live. So there'll be at least five. Then we'll kind of go from there. Why country music? Well, it was a phase that kind of stuck around since about 2016. I've been really listening to mainly country music and really kind of absorbing myself in the genre, I guess, following it on social media as well, etc. Watching a few YouTubers, that kind of thing. And when I think back to music previously, country music has always featured somewhere. Some of the first songs that I remember really liking in the late 90s, early 2000s, when female country artists were having quite a lot of success in the UK, people like Shania Twain, Faith Hill, Leanne Rhymes, etc. They're some of the songs that I first remember enjoying as a child. So I've always kind of built on that, I guess. Since then, I've always liked listening to Dolly Parton, The Chicks, formerly known as Dixie Chicks. There was an album by Lissy called Catching a Tiger that came out when I was a teenager, and I loved that album. And Lady A, Need You Now, came out in my late teens. And again, it was having some success on UK radio, and I love it. It's one of my favourite albums still, and I've gone back to Lady A over time before settling into country music properly um, a few years ago. Also, the soundtrack of my childhood was Radio 2. My parents had it on all the time at home. And so we would have Bob Harris's country show on most weeks. One of the evenings that would come on after dinner and we would listen to it and I enjoyed it. And there's some names that I hear now that I remember hearing at that time, even if I don't necessarily remember all the songs. Like Beth Nielsen Chapman is a name I always remember him saying, Emmylou Harris and a few others. So I've always had them in the back of my mind, even if I wasn't an active listener before. The and stuff for the podcast is coming from the fact that I still like other music in other genres and there are bands and artists that I will want to talk about from time to time who don't fit into the country music genre but who I'm a big fan of and feel the music should be appreciated. So there'll be the and stuff going in there from time to time. I'm not going to put any particular features in this podcast as such. I'd rather that grew more organically than just being scripted from the word go but I will try and put some and stuff of some kind in most episodes. There's going to be times where it's not going to be relevant, but I will try and include something non-country most of the time. This podcast episode is called Late to the Party Part 1. Part 2 will follow next week, but most people have already done their roundup of the music they liked in 2020. They did it at the end of 2020. But I'm a little behind the times, as I usually am with life, so I am starting here because it makes sense for me to kind of use that basis and work from there, and therefore I'm going to just talk about the different bands and artists that I was really enjoying in 2020 and share them with you. Also, this is a podcast with no music because 
the honest answer is I'm not sure on the legalities around playing music that isn't royalty free in a podcast and I don't want to get caught out by that. If you know anything about it, I don't know, message me or something, but there will be no music clips playing in this and for that I am sorry. Hopefully one day I will learn how I'm allowed to do that, but we'll see. My first band for this podcast is the Cadillac 3. I listened to a lot of them in 2020. They are what's known as a southern rock band so they're kind of mixed between country and rock influences i would say the pinnacle band from the southern rock genre that people have kind of heard of is leonard skinner so think along those lines it's very lively music i like listening to it when i'm like barbecuing around a campfire or something like that it reminds me of summer days and chilling with friends and things like that it also the themes that they go for they can be quite a repetitive theme I get if you listen to a lot in one go. It's what's known as bro country, it's beers, trucks, women, it's the stereotypical stuff. But they do it well and the music that they play to complement those lyrics I really, really enjoy. I liked rock music a lot as a teenager. I don't listen to as much of it now, but I still really like it. So that mix was really plays to what I like. And it also plays to the rebel child in me, the rebel that I never was because I was too scared to be. But yeah, I like living vicariously through it. And the those kind of themes I do enjoy listening to. I started listening to them at the beginning of the year, having heard singles in the past couple of years and always enjoyed them. They were on the lineup for the C2C festival in 2020 that didn't end up happening I mean, a lot of us were in London and made our own fun and had our own party anyway, and then coronavirus happened, but the concert itself didn't go ahead, and I had been listening to them, preparing to see them live, and I just really enjoyed them, so I just continued to listen to them, and I still do now. They brought out an album called Tabasco and Sweet Tea in October of last year. Wasn't so much my thing, because they quite openly said that this was a real funk-influenced album, and that is not so much my cup of tea. I did enjoy it. Is it an album that I will listen to specifically a lot in the future? Probably not. If some of the songs from it come on on my playlist, then I will still listen to them. But I won't specifically search out that album, I think. But in the way that they'd said this was a specifically funk album, they've also been very open and honest in interviews I've kind of seen and watched that actually they like to experiment for an album and then they like to move on to new things so they're not going to be going down this funk route the whole time and I think they will bring it back around probably to stuff I like more in the future so I'm excited for that but for now I'm just going to continue listening to them as and when really whenever the feeling takes me but they are a good band lively the kind of music that's really good to play if you're having a barbecue Although if you're barbecuing in winter, in, as it is in the UK right now, good luck. The next artist I was listening to a lot in 2020 is an artist called Brooke White. Technically I'm cheating a little bit here because the album that I was listening to called Calico actually came out at the end of 2019. But I didn't discover it until well into 2020, so I'm counting it as my 2021s. It's an upbeat album, but it has a sincerity about it that I like. It's almost got a little bit of a poppy sound to it but not too much and I think that's because she actually lives and wrote and recorded that album in LA rather than Nashville so it has a west coast vibe that complements the country 
really really well but is definitely in there i like it because it's upbeat and there's a lot of fun sing-along songs but it's also very personal feeling talks a lot about not being afraid to follow her dreams there's a song called pioneer about leaving her home state of arizona and going to la and trying to make it there which is really it's a good song to listen to and inspire you i guess There's also a lot of honesty in this album, honesty about feelings, especially negative feelings and facing up to those. I do a lot of my really intense listening and really picking up on lyrics when I'm on long car journeys. So I've not had too much opportunity in 2020, but one time I did go on a long journey last year, I was listening to this song called Weigh Me Down and I realised the lyrics in it a bit more, like paid more attention to them and heard them really expressing her will to confront them. The first verse starts, Hello fear, I see you're here again, you and I go way back when. And the second verse starts, Hello anger, you've been here before, raising your voice and slamming doors. And I like the way that she talks about these feelings and the clever way that she wrote this song is if she's trying to break up with these feelings and get them to leave her alone. It's very cleverly done. It's a really good listen and I really like it. The whole album is fun. It's good to listen to to get you in a good mood. You can either be in a good mood to start with or not be in such a great mood and you will be by the end of it. There's a real clarity in her voice that I really like. And as I say, that laid back 70s West Coast vibe that is really apparent in the title track Calico does flow through the rest of that album really well and is brilliant listening especially in a long car journey I have to say it was really good for that journey. (laughs) My next artist of choice is another female artist a lady called Cam. A few years ago she had a single out called Diane. It's a brilliant song it's written as an answer to Dolly Parton's Jolene and it really is it's brilliant. It's written from the point of view of Jolene, speaking back to whoever is singing Jolene, which in this instance she has called that lady Diane. It's about saying, I didn't know that your man was your man. I didn't know he was married. I wouldn't have done this if I had had any inclination and I'm really sorry to have hurt you in this way. It's a brilliant song. It's also a really good sing-along song. It's really upbeat for saying what the topic is. As I said, the C2C festival was cancelled in 2020, but we made our own fun and took over like sound systems and pubs and stuff. And we sung that a lot. It's got a belter of a chorus. It's a brilliant sing-along song. And this uh, song, Diane, has been the single for a while and is now finally on an album. She had some issues kind of getting this out into the world, but it came out in 2020 in October. The album is called The Other Side. It walks a line between country and pop, but for me, that's fine. I really like it. Again, she has a clear voice and really heartfelt lyrics. I'm very lyrics orientated in my appreciation of music. I don't play any instruments, so although I can appreciate good music, I don't have the technical knowledge to sit there and analyse it, so it's the lyrics that really stick out to me. There's a lot of really powerful, emotive songs on this album, one of which is Redwood Tree, which is one of my favourites. It's a song about home. It's about a constant back at home that has been there when you've been off doing your thing. In this instance for her, it is a redwood tree in her back garden. And one of the lyrics is, I saw the world, you saw my parents grow old. And this song resonates with me in a similar way. I, all by the first two years of my life, have lived in the same house that my parents still live in now. 
and in the front garden there is a big silver birch tree which I've always really loved. Um, my bedroom was at the front of the house so I would wake up and see this tree and I feel in a similar manner that I went off and did my thing, I went to uni, I went and lived in London for a bit, now I live where I live now, etc. And that tree has been the constant at home, watching my parents grow old. Don't worry parents, you're not old. You kind of are old. Anyway, so this song has resonated with me in a similar kind of feeling. I think my favourite track from the album is the title track, The Other Side, which is is bitter, quite frankly. She has got some things to say to someone that wronged her or some people that wronged her, definitely. It's very powerful. It was written with Avicii and you can really hear his influence on the music. And although I really appreciate the story and the lyrics because that's my thing, I also can very much appreciate his influence on the music and really enjoy that. I've always liked Avicii's singles. I've never sat down and listened to an album or anything, but I've always loved his singles. And so it was nice to hear his music again, obviously, since he passed away. And it was nice to hear it mixed into country. And this song by Cam is very, very good. Another artist I was listening to a lot in 2020 was Kelsey Ballerini. She bought her album out back at the beginning of the year. I think it was about March 2020. And it was called Kelsey and I really enjoyed the album and I listened to her a lot at the beginning of the year when I was listening to that album. She really does walk the line between country and pop, erring a lot on the pop side, but I personally really like it. I've always liked Kelsey Ballerini. She then went on to do something which I thought was pretty unique and really, really well done. In September of last year, she re-released the album, called it Ballerini and essentially rearranged and slightly rewrote a lot of the songs on the album and it was a much more acoustic stripped back version of the same album and it worked really well. I was not listening to that album as much in September, I was listening to other stuff at the time but I still really enjoyed it. I like what she put on an Instagram video she released just before the second album came out which was Kelsey is glitter, she is bold, her dreams are boundless and talking about how that album reflects that side of her personality, that first one that's bolder, more production, more backing track, etc. And then Ballerini, she is soft, she is vulnerable, she is observant of the world around her, she is who I am. And I like that reflection in the fact that the second album is the stripped back version. It is more acoustic, it's a simpler production on it. And the contrast of the two is fantastic, she did it really, really well. As I said, I have listened more to Kelsey than Ballerini and some of the songs that I really liked from there were Overshare, That Speaks to My Soul. It's about being anxious and then oversharing everything and yeah, that really resonated, shall we say. There's also a drinking song called Hole in the Bottle which is brilliant, it's very light-hearted, very fun. It's just, oh look, uh, my wine bottle's empty already, oops, and we've all been there. And yeah, it's just, it's really fun. The slight disappointment with that song is she re-released as a single with Shania Twain. And you'd think that would be great, Kelsey Ballerini and Shania Twain on the same track. But whoever mixed it, I know it would have been to their, their direction, but it's just them singing over each other a lot all the way through the track. And I'm not a fan. I couldn't hack the constant singing over each other in it. It was a shame just wasn't my cup of tea. I'm sure other people liked it, but I was a bit disappointed by that one. One song I really liked on the album, and she only does it as a duet on the Kelsey album, is The Other Girl with Halsey. Again, obviously, pop star, so 
definitely a pop influence there. It's two women finding out that the guy is seeing both of them and questioning each other in a who's the first, who's the fool is one of the lines, that kind of thing. It's really well done. I really, really like that song. Overall, I really like the album because it's a more grown-up sound. This is no disrespect to her previous work. She came onto the scene quite young, so she was singing about what was more relevant to her at the time, that kind of hark back to high school and American college student age. She would have been a college student age at the time. And then in her last album, you kind of heard the move away from that more to where she is now. And now she's really settling into singing of the life of a young adult rather than the American college student age. Take note, Lou Brian, we don't all have to be college students forever and sing that way anyway. Overall, it's just a really fun album. It's It's got some really deep, powerful moments in it, don't get me wrong, but it's fun, it's lighthearted, it's poppy. And it's a really, really nice listen. My next band that I was listening to loads in 2020 was Tidelines, and they are my and stuff for this week, which actually makes them sound quite insignificant. They're not. They're great. Sorry, Tidelines. I like you a lot. But they're not country. Not by a long way. They're actually a traditional Scottish folk meets modern indie band. And believe me, it works so well. They had a bit of a breakout hit that became quite the song for them in, I think it was about 2017. It was called Far Side of the World was the single, and it was being played more on mainstream radio than you would naturally expect for the kind of band sound that they have. Um, But people loved it, and it's a fantastic song, that's why. I didn't have my ear to the ground at the time that that came out. I don't think I discovered Tidelines till about 2019, but I remember seeing afterwards that that had obviously caused a stir and got them a lot bigger following after that when they brought out the first album, which was also called Far Side of the World. It's a fantastic album. I think I first discovered them purely because my Spotify was on autoplay and I must have been listening to something similar beforehand. And then the song Far Side of the World came on. I was like, what's this? It's great. Like, give me more. So I went and started listening to more of their stuff, probably went down a bit of a rabbit hole and listened to only them for probably about a week and really enjoyed it. And I've enjoyed it since I've gone back to it a lot since that time. They brought out a new album in May of last year called Eye of the Storm. Got myself a signed copy and I was feeling very smug about it. It's great. (laughs) Anyway... They brought out this album and there was no curse of the second album here. It is just as good as the first. Songs like Shadow to the Light and Innocent and Beautiful, which was the single, are both beautiful songs. Again, this band has incredible lyrics and that's what I really like about them, as well as the sound, because as I said, that traditional folk meets modern indie is a sound that really works. But the lyrics are very nuanced and specific, which I really like. At least one of them, if not more of them, the lead singer definitely comes from Fort William up in the West Highlands of Scotland. And so he sings about a red Loch Arbor sky in one song. I had the privilege of being able to go to Scotland last year and see a red Loch Arbor sky, and I can see why he sings about it. It was beautiful. There's also Finiston Skyline at Night, which is part of Glasgow. And again, going around Glasgow, looking at all the buildings in Finiston, being like, yeah, I can see why you'd want to sing about this. It's, it's really nice. And so those specifics and lived experiences are really, really draw you in and really make you feel like you're connected to them. The other thing I really like is that they ensure that they still sing Gaelic songs as well as English songs. 
There's at least two, I think there might be three on the first album, on each album. And then they always sing at least a, one Gaelic song live as well. And it's really important to them to keep those traditions alive. And quite frankly, he could be singing a shopping list for all I know. I speak not a single word of Gaelic, although I'd quite like to. I'm terrible at languages, but if I had to learn one, it'd probably be quite fun. They could be singing anything but it's beautiful. It's a really haunting language. It has a real, just a traditional quality to it that I can't explain, but I really, really enjoy. And so, as, as I said, we went to Scotland last year. I listened to almost exclusively Tidelines the whole time we were up there, and I have no regrets. It was brilliant. But I was going along, we did the holiday by train, and I was sitting there staring out the window at the scenery in the West Highlands of Scotland, listening to their Gaelic tracks amongst their others, and just... I was in heaven. The scenery was beautiful and the soundtrack just complemented it so well. And I really appreciate that they are making Gaelic songs both popular and ensuring that that language is spoken and out there in a wider audience. As I said, it's folk music modernised, which I really like. I really like folk music. I used to be really ear to the ground to the British folk music scene a few years ago. Not so much anymore, country kind of came in and took over, but I still like folk music and I like the sound that they bring to it. The fact that they can mix synths and pipes in one song and make it sound fantastic, etc. They brought out a little four-track lockdown mixtape digital release at the end of 2020. And for anybody that was saw the roundups of what songs were popular in 2020, the most popular song in the world, the most streamed, etc., was Blinding Lights by The Weeknd. And on this lockdown mixtape, they did a cover of it. And if you haven't heard the beginning of Blinding Lights paid on pipes, you're missing a trick because it's fantastic. So they are my and stuff, but they are definitely not just a little side thing. I listen to these guys a lot. They were one of my most listened to artists in 2020 and... They are fantastic. I've just realised that the first Tidelines album is actually called Dreams We Never Lost. Far Side of the World was just the name of the single. So if you're searching for it, you'll need to look for Dreams We Never Lost. It's a very good album though. Back to country music now. Another artist that I have listened to so much in 2020 is Jason Isbell. Now, he brought out a single, I think it came out in about 2013, but I've I've known of it for quite a number of years since I got into country music, called Cover Me Up. It's played on a UK country music station that I like a lot, and I've always really liked that song and had the intention to go and listen to more of his music. At the time that I first heard the song, I was heavily reliant on finding new music through that radio station and through Spotify playlists, which are heavily influenced by the mainstream in Nashville. And Jason Isbell is not mainstream Nashville. He is hugely respected in the industry, but mainstream Nashville is just such a narrow representation of the kind of country pop that they want to put out. It's heavily influenced by a very small number of people at record labels and one day I will talk about it in more detail when I've got a bit more experience under my belt, but it in no way represents the entire genre of country music. And so Jason Isbell has never made himself into the mainstream and I think that's a good thing actually because he keeps his originality. But because of that and his not being included in many of those playlists that I was listening to at the time, not having other songs being played on the radio so much, it wasn't until this year that I finally sat down and listened to him in a wider context, listened to more than just that single. 
Back in August, he brought out his album, Reunions. This is with his band, The 400 Unit. So Jason Isbell and The 400 Unit. And he released this album. And a music YouTuber that I like, who specialises in country music, Grady Smith, reviewed this album on his channel. And I was like, right, this is the time to sit down and listen to this album. And I was blown away. It's an absolutely astonishing album. I absolutely love it. As I said, he's not hugely mainstream, but he's very traditional country sound with a kind of Dylan and Lindsay Buckingham from Fleetwood Mac kind of sound mixed in there as well. And by a traditional sound, I don't mean it's really over the top steel and fiddle and Western swing kind of sound to it. Not that they are bad things, but it's the real storyteller, traditional country sound of acoustic music played well. Some of the songs on the album that I particularly enjoy, it cannot be denied, they are hard-hitting songs with very deep lyrics and he is not afraid of tough subjects. He has been open, especially through his music, about his struggle with addiction in the past. I think about seven years ago he got cleaned up now. I don't know if he's relapsed, he's a very private man. And there is a song on the album though that is about this and it's called it gets easier, but it never gets easy, and it t- talks about those struggles of staying sober. But it's a brilliant song to listen to, but obviously just a very emotive topic. There is another song on the album called St. Peter's Autograph, which is a very quiet, stripped-back song. I think I said earlier, all of these songs are written by him alone, which is unusual in mainstream country, most songs are co-written. And he writes this, from what I can tell, singing to his wife, who is, from the from the story in the song, lost a friend. And he's saying, look, grieve for your friend, but grieve openly. There's a line, I'm not afraid of his ghost. Invite him into the room kind of thing to celebrate him. And it's very powerful, very, very nice song. One of the other songs, the single, is called Be Afraid. And this one really struck home to me. The line is, be afraid, be very afraid, do it anyway. And back in the summer, I was kind of having a few health struggles that I was not really wanting to face up to. And I listened to this song and one of the lines in it is, every one of us is counting dice that we didn't roll and the loser is the last to ask for help. And quite frankly, that lyric punched me in the gut and made me cry like a baby for a good half an hour. But it made me face up to sometimes that you need to ask for help and things like that. So for me, it really had a personal resonance, which is why I particularly like that song. One of my other favourites on the album is is a lot happier song. It's a really sweet song at the very end of the album, written to his daughter, who I think she's about seven years old at the minute, but it does talk about her future as well. And it's just a really heartfelt song about the fact that he wants to watch her grow up, but he's a little scared to let her go out into the big white world. It's called Let Her Go. And it's just really sweet. And it's really kind of, if you're going to cry at that song, it's happy tears. It's it's about love and wanting the best for your child and be able to protect them from the, from the bad in the world kind of thing. It's really cute. But anyway, I have listened to this album so much in the latter half of 2020. And I've started listening to a lot more of his previous stuff. He does stuff both as a solo artist and as him and his band Jason Isbell and the 400 Units. I've been listening to a big mix of that and I'm just 
really enjoying what I'm hearing from him. The next artist I was listening to a lot in 2020 was Kip Moore. He is one of my very favourite artists these days and so I was listening to him a lot anyway at the beginning of the year and then he brought out an album this year. Kip Moore is one of the first country artists that I really kind of nailed my colours to the mast to really. Back in 2016 when I was kind of getting into country music I was listening to a lot of the Spotify playlists. I didn't really know where to start so I thought that these playlists would give me a good idea of which songs I did and didn't like and give me a way to find artists that I could then go off and discover more of. And Kit Moore was one of the first people that I was like, right, yeah, I really like his sound. I'm going to go and listen to more of his stuff. I've loved all his albums, both the ones that had come out previously that I then listened to and the ones that have come out since. I'm usually there on release day waiting for them. Um, I really like them. I always anticipate them and want to hear them as soon as I can. I was also really lucky to get to see him perform live in 2019 at the Long Road Festival. It was a fantastic performance. It really was. It just rocked from start to finish. He has quite a rock influence to him. And yeah, it was an outstanding performance. My only reservation around that performance was there wasn't a huge amount of audience engagement and connection to his audience, which I thought was a bit of a shame. We'd seen Morgan Evans and Eric Pasley, amongst others, earlier in the day, and those two had really connected with the audience and it made the show so fun. So although the performance was outstanding, I feel that that little bit more of connection would have really been like the cherry on the top of the cake I guess but I loved it from start to finish I was having the time of my life I'd wanted to see him for a long time by that point so it was definitely a good show the new album that came out in May more of the same good stuff really some similar themes to what he's sung about before some new stuff he has this kind of wanderer old soul slight outsider feel to him I think that's why I like him and again, he's country, but he has a lot of other influences, indie, stripped back acoustic and rock, definitely influencing some of his songs. And again, I think that's why I like them. But he's country because there isn't really another suitable genre to put him in but he isn't the most country artist you've ever heard. He is still one of my absolute favourites because to me... I like country music, but not because it's labelled country music. It's because I like the music. <laughs> and the new album, as I said, is more of the same good stuff. There's a song called Wild World where he's essentially sitting down and talking to his mum in the song about what a wild world it is and her trying to give him advice of, I guess, keeping him on the straight and narrow. As I said, he's kind of got that outsider, slightly wanderer feel to him, which I think is one of his selling points, actually. He's in the mainstream and I believe he's on a fairly mainstream label but he has the talent to be like the top of the game right now he absolutely has that talent but because he very much sings to the beat of his own drum walks his own path kind of thing I don't think he wants to play the record label game to get what he needs to get to get there and I don't blame him for that because I think it would take away from his authenticity and his individuality and so Wild World kind of talks about that kind of line and again the song Fire and Flame walking the line between living a more unconventional lifestyle and then coming back and being a bit more settled down and not grounded he is very grounded but being a bit more of a conventional lifestyle he kind of wants that but almost doesn't 
there's a song called Red, White and Blue Jean American Dream, which is just a very straight up Kitmore song, is all I can really say. I don't know how to describe it. It's sing along, it's fun, and is definitely one of my favourites on the album. But I'd say you'd have to listen to it to kind of see what I, what I mean, because I'm running out of words. Yeah, the album was great. I listened to that album a lot, but I mainly just listened to him in playlist form, where I've just got all of his songs mixed together. And I can just have that playlist on for hours because there's just a lot of variety in his song that I really, really like. He will remain one of my favourites for a long time, I think. The next artist that I listened to a lot in 2020 was Hardy. I don't even know where to start with this. I, I just adore this album, but it's also the whole, it's bro country personified. And I said about the Cadillac 3, the bro country, that kind of theme of beer, trucks, women, drinking, all of that, guns, etc. There's something about Hardy that he just does that so well. And he also really stands out from the crowd. As I said before, for a while, bro country, you could not move in the mainstream of Nashville for that kind of theme. They were singing about beer, they were singing about women, they were singing about getting drunk, drinking whiskey. Outdoor hookups in the moonlight was a really big theme. Trucks, etc. And it wasn't necessarily that all of those songs were inherently bad. Some were bad. Most were mediocre to good. The problem was you couldn't tell one person apart from the other and you couldn't move. There was nothing else to listen to in the mainstream charts. All of the guys looked like a cardboard cutout version that had just been stamped out a hundred times. Well-kempt, young, fit guys. And as I said, at times the songs, I could have listened to three or four of them and I couldn't tell you which one was sung by which different guy because though it just completely oversaturated the chart for a number of years. There was actually a song by a girl duo called Maddie and Tay called Girl in a Country Song and it broke into the mainstream, it did really well for them. And it was about treating the women in the songs with more respect because at times the songs were pretty awful and in that respect. And it's a really good song actually. And yeah, they were just highlighting how that had just dominated the industry. And then it kind of died down for a while and then Hardy has brought it back to the forefront. But as I said, he just does it really well and in a way that stands out. He is rough around the edges. He is from backwards Mississippi. And that was the other thing. A lot of these people were singing these songs about how they're from the dirt roads and the backwards and whatever. And it's like, well, you're clearly not. Look at you. He most certainly is. And he manages to still mix the topics up. There's life, love, death. There's a song called Give Heaven Some Hell about grieving for a friend that's up in heaven. Breakups. There's straight up party songs. There are songs that are I'm from the backwards and I'm going to be really damn proud of it type of songs which apart from one of them, they're not my favourite because it is a bit in your face, especially when you don't come from that same Southern States culture, which this song is really appealing to. I did see a very funny meme on Twitter the other day is that some people need reminding that Southern is not a race. And I was like, yep, that's funny. <laughs> but there's other songs that are really poignant. There's one that's actually called One Beer and it's the story of two teenagers who got drunk hooked up, had a baby, and are now looking back on how that changed their life, defined their life, but are almost glad that it did. They're not regretful. It's a really good song. Again, this album is full of the rock undertones I like. Some of the songs are just almost straight up rock songs with country lyrics, quite frankly. It was produced by, I think his name is Joey Des Moines or something similar to that. I can't remember exactly. 
And he's the Nickelback producer. And granted, Nickelback are a bit of a Marmite band, but they are a rock band, so he has his experiences in making rock music, even if you don't like the lyrics, the sound is rock. And so that influence is very clear on this album. And it's just the feeling that he does bro country well. I remember watching the YouTuber I said about before, Grady Smith, reviewing this, and he'd asked his followers to give their feedback, and somebody said, it's all of the good things about bro country personified into one thing and that is what it is and that's why I like it because I don't dislike bro country their songs they're lively they're party they're high energy and as long as it's not too much in one go they are some of the songs are good and fun to listen to and that's why I like this album and as I said I've played it so much and as, as I said the lyrics is what makes it because he takes these themes and delivers them in a very clever, well-thought-out way that makes them different to the very bog-standard way that other people have delivered them in the past. One of the songs is called Unapologetically Country As Hell. Now, I sing that song at the top of my voice. I am not unapologetically country as hell. I can't even pretend I am. But the song is brilliant because of these different ways of saying something. One of the lines is, A fridge full of beer, a freezer full of good aim. That's beer and hunting, in two words. But the way he sings that lyric, you go, ha that's quite a funny way of describing that. And those themes are represented through the entirety of that song. It sounds like the most country cliche song you can imagine. And on the one hand, it is. But because he delivers the lines in such a specific new way, it makes it interesting and engaging. And yeah, this song has been on pretty much nonstop since it came out. This album, sorry. And I absolutely love it and I can't wait to hear more from Hardy. He's a very prolific songwriter too, so a lot of the songs in the chart at the minute, if they're not sung by him, they're written by him. You can't move for him at the minute. But I'm looking forward to what comes next because it's been pretty good so far, even if that's not been everybody's cup of tea. My roundup so far hasn't been in order of how much that I've listened to them or my favourites or anything, but the artist that I have saved till last is definitely the artist that I have listened to most in 2020. When the Spotify wrapped thing came out at the end of the year, I think in the first top 10 songs, eight were by this artist. And when you went down to 20, it was like 15 or something. So I think you can say that I've listened to a lot of Ashley McBride this year. But she is fantastic. I absolutely adore her. She is my favourite artist these days. And again, without trying to sound like too woe is me... She's got that kind of slight outsider feel and I think that's why I like her and why I connect with her because I've always felt a little bit like on the outside and so I really connect and resonate with her songs. If anybody was to ask me when I would feel like this podcast, if it continues, like I'd ever made it, so to speak, and this is completely like not going to happen, I appreciate that. But if somebody said like, what would you say is the, the moment you think you've made it with this? It would be if I got to interview Ashley McBride for this podcast. I would explode with joy. I would probably jack it all in at that point because I don't think it could get any better. Uh, This is essentially a thinly veiled Ashley McBride fan podcast at the end of the day. You'll probably hear more about her. So, as I said, the kind of slightly outsider standout from the crowd is what I like about her. And quite frankly, I think it's because she's slightly older. She's in her late 30s now, whereas most of the women that are in the mainstream of country music right now are younger, and Ashley McBride has been paving her way into this mainstream for a long time now. 
over 10 years she has been kind of grafting she started off on the Memphis scene and then moved to Nashville and she's been writing for a long time in Nashville and slowly but surely she has made her way up through the bars and the state fairs and whatever up to playing the kind of level of audience that she plays now and having mainstream success and she's done that whilst working the second jobs and grafting in the background over a long period of time, which has kept her grounded and given her a real gravitas to her songs that I just don't find myself discovering in some of the other songs by the women in country music who are younger. And that is not to disrespect their music. I like it and I listen to it. But a lot of them found fame at a lot younger age, so they've been singing kind of a more reflection on their own younger lives, I think, is the way to put it. And Ashley McBride has just got so much more life experience behind her to ground her and draw on, I guess. And again, real connection to lyrics. A lot of her stuff, especially some of her earlier stuff, her pre-major label albums, has that slightly rebellious feel to it and it speaks to the rebel child I never was that I referred to when I was saying about Cadillac 3. So I just kind of live vicariously through these songs instead. And then a couple of years ago, probably 2017-ish I think actually, she started to break into the mainstream and one of the songs that got her into that mainstream was a song called Girl Going Nowhere. And it's a really special song. It's one of those songs that people are going to still be singing and really remembering a long way down the line, even if they're not huge Ashley McBride fans, because it's it's about that graft. It's about that journey of having to work a long time and prove to a lot of naysayers that you are eventually going to make it and it will be worthwhile. She's turning around and saying, well, I'm now doing pretty well for myself in this industry and I'm not doing that bad for for the girl going nowhere that you said that I was. And the most emotive performance of it I've seen is on YouTube, there is the video of her very first ever performance at the Opry. For the non-country music people that may be listening, the Opry is the pinnacle of the country music world. It's a venue in Nashville. You can become a member of the Opry, you can be inducted into the Opry. There is a Hall of Fame as well that's separate, but the Opry is kind of really where you want to be. And you can also be invited to play at the Opry even if you're not a member and debuting in the Opry is a big deal. And she sung Girl Going Nowhere for her Opry debut and you see her looking out at this crowd in this most treasured place in country music and going, I'm not doing too bad now, am I? And she she has to stop herself breaking down partway through the song because it obviously just means so much to her and the lyrics really fit the venue as well. So I've been listening to her all year and in April she brought out her second major label album and for a moment I was apprehensive. I was enjoying the singles that were coming so far from it but I've loved the Girl Going Nowhere album for two or so years now and so I was just had that little being like oh but will it be the same which I know I shouldn't compare them but there's always that apprehension. The first time I listened to it I was like hmm okay, I like it. And then I listened to it a second time and from that point in I was hooked. I love it just as much as I love Girl Going Nowhere. Some of my favourite tracks from it are Voodoo Doll. That's the rockiest sounding song on the album. It's rock with mandolin. It's great. It really works. It's brilliant mandolin melody through this real rock sound behind it. And the album was produced by Jade Joyce who produces people like Eric Church 
And again, he really understands how to marry the sounds of rock and country together to produce something really good. Another favourite song on the album is Never Will, which is essentially Girl Going Nowhere, the single rather than the album's Big Sister. It's the next stage in the story. It's turning around to the people who they're not knocking you down saying you're not going to make it anymore, but now they're accusing you of the fact you're going to change, you're going to become a different person, you're not going to be the person you were before. And saying, look, I've been doing this long enough to understand why I do it and the fame is not the reason. So actually, no, I'm not going to change. I'm not going to become the different person you think I am. And it's that statement song to that. And it's done really well. Really like it. And the other song that I really like on the album is Hang In There Girl. It's because it's been my kind of personal 2020 anthem, I guess, in a silly way. Without getting into the details and boring you all, I've had other struggles as well as the pandemic. And so I was using that song to really kind of motivate me through them. Because although the storyline of the song is about seeing a younger girl on the street driving past and then just thinking to yourself hang in there girl I don't know you but hang in there I recognize how the dejected look of you is that you need these better times to come and they will come you will grow up and things will get better but the chorus about just hanging on and making it to the next day and whatever is what has kind of kept me going in 2020. My only regret in 2020 and this is a really small trivial thing is that Ashley McBride released some limited edition merchandise in the summer and one of them was a Hang In There Girl t-shirt and it said Hang In There Girl on it and it was a squirrel hanging from a tree. <laughs> and one of the the things I was saying about personal kind of things in 2020 was an ADHD diagnosis and there is, for better or for worse, a connection between ADHD and squirrels and I really just wish I'd bought that t-shirt because it just kind of summed me up. And... I didn't because I was just too stingy to pay the shipping costs from America and that's like my like my little regret for that year was that I didn't do that. Kind of wish I had. But overall, I just listen to her a lot of the time. I find that her songs I can so deeply connect to that I just want to be listening to them a lot. And that's what I did. Just listened to a lot of Ashley McBride in 2020 and it was fantastic. If you're going to check out anything by her, definitely her performance at the Opry of Girl Going Nowhere because it's just so emotive and I think it really, truly expresses who she is and why that song means so much. That is it for my roundup of the music that I was really enjoying in 2020. I hope it might have given you a little inspiration to go off and listen to some of it. Thank you if you are still listening. I haven't managed to bore you to death yet. I appreciate that you have stuck around. I know that show notes are a thing in podcasts, but I've not got that far in my research yet. So if I can link to YouTube videos to the different artists, then I will do. If not, there will just be a list of names in the show notes by the time I put this out to make sure that you can search them up if you wish. Next week, it's Late to the Party Part 2. We were late to the party this time round with reviewing 2020 about a month behind everybody else. And then next week, I'm going to review the Morgan Wallen album. But again, most other reviewers, etc. will have done that by now, but never mind. It would be remiss to completely gloss over and ignore the most anticipated country music release of the beginning of this year, which is why I'm still going to do it. But I do appreciate that I will be a couple of weeks at least behind the times by the time the episode actually goes out into the world. Again, thank you if you have stuck around and listened. I hope you've enjoyed it and I hope you will come back for episode two to hear my roundup of that Morgan Wallen album. 
And even if I'm saying thank you to literally no one right now, I've quite enjoyed doing it. So it's not been a waste because I've had fun and I'm going to continue to have fun with this for a little while longer, I think. But I will be back next week.